0: Hey everyone, this is Hazel Findlay, and you're listening to the Strong Mind podcast. In this episode, I speak with professional freediver Miguel Lozano. He took silver medals twice in two of the three depth disciplines at the World Depth Championships in Cyprus in 2015. And in 2016, he performed an achievement which still ranks him as a second deepest person in the world in this discipline, which is just five meters short of the current world record. So if you can imagine it, you're on the surface of the water, you take some breaths, <laughs> you swim down and you go 122 meters without air, and then you have to come back up. Um, it's quite hard to imagine actually, because 20, 122 meters is quite far so he's an athlete in a sport that does seem on the face of it completely different to climbing and yet when you think about it it's kind of similar there's definitely some similarities and I think the main one is that when we're climbing we are kind of exposed to some of those innate fears of being up high of falling of being on edges and these things do feel fairly uncomfortable to most people when we climb we leave the safety of the ground and then we have to move further and further away from that safety. And we also need to get back down. So holding your breath and swimming deeper and deeper away from the air and that safety is is also hugely psychologically uncomfortable and it's somewhat similar to climbing in the sense that we're moving away from that safety and you know we have that urge to come back to safety. So over the years, Miguel has learned some pretty robust methods for managing his mind. Some of them look quite different to climbing and some of them are actually pretty similar. I think the main and most obvious way that his mental training has looked similar to what it looks like in climbing is that it's through this gradual exposure you know we expose ourselves to technically harder and harder climbs but we also expose ourselves to psychologically more uncomfortable climbs and it's it's true that you know a lot of freediving is about adapting your physiology but you can't just adapt your physiology just in the same way you can't just be a strong and fit climber you also have to manage your mind and adapt your psychology as well And this is so important and so nuanced and so subtle in freediving because obviously you can't allow your heart rate to go up at all. So you really have to keep those stress levels down. And as soon as you start to have negative thoughts or panic or something like that, you know, you're going to get in trouble. And it's kind of dangerous. I mean, Miguel is like a master climber, like Alex Honnold or someone who, who downplays the risk because... He's so experienced that it's not really feeling that risky for him anymore because he really trusts his body at this point. But at 120 metres down, it's going to be hard to get to someone in time if they do blackout. So it's been really interesting to chat to Miguel about how he's learned to trust his body, how he knows when he's not pushing too hard, how to make sure he's being motivated for the right reasons in a competitive space. This was a really interesting conversation and I'm honestly kind of curious about trying freediving myself. So it'll be interesting if that happens and I'll let you know how it goes. All right, thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation.
1: This one is broken.
0: So oh I yeah. I wasn't
1: sure if it was working or not. Have you been
0: have but, you been diving with your headphones? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I have uh, two two girls, two uh, childs. Yeah. That's uh, more dangerous than diving or climbing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I think when we met you had just you just had one or you know, your partner was pregnant when we met.
1: When, when was that uh, you remember which year when when anna was pregnant it was 2016 15 so because ona born yeah in July 16 so yeah probably at that uh, that time
0: yeah I, th- I think it, I think it was like May or June of that year
1: yeah because I was uh, at that year I was actually doing the the world record attempt in Bali then I came I don't remember, yeah, maybe April or something. And May, I fly again to Honduras to try again. But okay. uh, yeah, probably around. So since then, I fucked up my life and I had another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard.
0: <laughs> What's harder, parenting or freediving?
1: No, freediving is pleasure. Right, okay. <laughs> no, and parenting also is, is nice, but... You know, I, I, no, I'm not going to discover you nothing, but it's uh, it's hard, not hard. Like, it's, it's nice, it's rewarding, and it's beautiful, you love them. But, yeah, compare of your... I don't even remember my previous life. So, wow. compare with before, you know, when you sit in a plane and you watch a movie and then you get sleep and then you read the book, this is... forget it. This is
0: gone.
1: Wow. Uh, or when you, <laughs> you have to... Uh, do things for them all the time the, the school the, all the the, the or oh, whatever the, you know the food the, the times the, the, the routine so even that my life is a bit more like traveling still with the child and all the stuff you know, at the end of the day they are they are the child and they need to play and they fight against each other and but right. it's uh, a daily a daily war.
0: A daily war, wow, okay,
1: yes. yeah. Well, you don't have a child, no? No,
0: okay. I have a lot of friends who have children, though, and um, it seems like the ones with one child are doing okay, yes. but then two they're really struggling, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Because at the end, you know, what one, one child. You know, you cannot know until you have, you are in the situation because okay, your friends or anyone has chance. Okay. But at the end of the day, when you are twenty-four hours for long, long periods, no, two months, is like forever. Uh, then you are tired, and then you go to sleep. And bring them to sleep. Sometimes you sleep. You know all this stuff. But when it's one child, you are two parents, so you play. You are you are winning all the time because mm, yeah. once when it, when one of the parents is tired, you say, "Okay, I'm gonna go to the gym or yeah. I'm gonna go to swim." And, okay, then you rest, and then the other. So you you, you can combine properly. Yeah. But then when it's only when it's two, all of all the parents are busy all the time, and when I don't know. Me, I'm mm-hmm. traveling a lot, so when I'm living, Anna's with the two. So when I come back, she say to me, "Okay, it's your turn," and she said, yeah. <laughs> Say, "Yeah, right." But I was working. Yeah, working is like holidays for for, <laughs> for me. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's uh, challenging because uh, even for the couple because. Uh, you know especially for men i think because women uh, you know from the beginning they are used to uh, you know emotionally involve a lot with the child, uh, mm-hmm. and the parents also the father also but then normally the father has do her kind of life like uh, okay they go to gym they go with friends they go with the child Blah blah blah, no? But then once the, the second comes and the, the mother say, okay, now you cannot go with your child, with your friends because I don't want to stay with you. And yeah, then the father is yeah. still like, okay, my life changed suddenly, no? Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. but anyway, this is uh well, humanity. Uh, we are used to it. Yes, yeah. Anyway.
0: Um well, it would be great to chat about your free diving
1: and
0: yes. your new book. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> your past
1: life. <laughs> I, I still do it, but not uh, the same way. But I, I after these six years, uh, well, with the child, I did two world records with, with the two children. So I I was combining, but in the last three years with the pandemic and everything, I didn't compete. Uh, uh, so I do free diving, but more like, like teaching and for myself, not really. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So I think, you know, some of the people listening to this probably won't understand what free diving is, especially what it is like in a competitive sense. Mm -hmm. I think it might be good. Could you just like explain to us what it's all about and, um, how you compete at free diving?
1: Yeah. Well, free diving is, uh, very easy. We just, uh, hold our breath and we try as deep as we can in the pool. We go as, Long as we can, uh, distance and as, as uh, uh, long time we can, like breath holding, just static. But in the sea is as as deep as we can. I'm mean, specialized in that disciplines, so uh, we do with fins, without fins, pulling the line. Uh, but all, all, always is self proposed uh, disciplines where we try to go as deep as we can but of course this kind of sport uh, is uh, something that we have been doing for millennials for, for thousands of years to recollect food in the sea so we technically uh, increase our knowledge and our uh, physiological knowledge so we can we do it as a sport and we try to go as deep as we can but there is a very mental part of the sport, uh, very introspective so it's a beautiful sport in terms Of not only because we are in the nature and the middle of the ocean, but and we have we can have some encounters with the wildlife, but also it's very a sport where we have to look. Inside, what is happening? Not only technically, but also uh, physiologically and mentally. No? So it's uh, uh, it, from outside looks not very interesting, like somebody's holding the breath uh, in the pool, just uh, floating or just going down by a rope and up. But uh, it happens a lot of things, probably like climbing. No climbing. Okay, you can see, or maybe it doesn't look like uh, so. Uh, some person climbing up and climbing down. Say, okay, one time is good, but uh, for the rest of your life, why you do this, no? But uh, then there is a lot of aspects that there is uh, in, involved in this kind of sport.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about some of them. So I think that would be cool to, to understand, like, um, with, with the depth especially... You, you're not just holding your breath, right? You also have to equalize. And then also, in order to win a competition, is it the case you have to get down to the depth wherever you want to go to? And then you also yeah. have to come back up. Conscious. And you can't pass out.
1: Yes. Okay. The idea is that we announce we announce the 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 depth the day before, so if I'm gonna go 120 meters, I have to announce the discipline, self proposed free marchion, or console way with my fins or whatever, uh, the, the the dive time. So more or less, more in terms of uh, safety protocols to know how to manage the the dive time and the depth and we cannot announce something what is uh, deeper than three meters that you have uh, trained the last six months. So uh, right. you have to see where you are in the training in the last uh, six months, no? So with this, we place on the bottom uh, one tag, that what is a Velcro, a few Velcros, and we have to reach the bottom and get the tag and bring up the, the tag. Even if there is cameras and drones and the water drones that they follow us, yeah, we have to bring these, uh, this, um, and once we surface, once the mouth is out of, out of the water, they 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 put the clock, and then we have 15 seconds to remove the facial equipment, to look the judge to say to make this sign and say I'm okay. So this is a like like let's say um, uh, uh, an exercise to see that you are uh, not hypoxic, that you are able to control yourself, you are not like with a lost motor control. Let's say no. And once okay. you do this, uh, if everything is, is done, you have the tag, you did the depth, you have everything done, and then you, they give you a white card, a record yeah. of the, the depth is, is success.
0: And what's the facial equipment?
1: Yeah, like mask or nose clip. Okay. So normally at this depth we go without mask and we just have the, the nose clip.
0: Why without the mask?
1: because first because uh, the mass has uh, air so we need to equalize the mass the, 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 mm-hmm. to balance the, 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 the pressure we have to excel from our lungs so we this air we prefer to have in our blood for our blood rather than to the to right. the mass because in reality is more like uh, it's part of the mental thing of course because uh, people we we, are, we feel more insecure when we don't see. But uh, if we rationalize this situation, at the end of the day, at that there is no light most of the time. So we don't really see anything. And in case we see something, we only see a rope. And the rope, it doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's clear or if it's blurry, it's just a rope. Yeah. So this is the same information. So we get... Um, information from uh, temperature, textures, uh, brightness, brightness, from the speed. So all the information, it doesn't come from from what we see. So mm. at the end of the day, we take the mask off and then we go without mask.
0: Can you pull on the rope or you feel the rope? Or?
1: Yeah, there is three disciplines. One is free immersion where we pull down and up uh, through the rope without uh, fins. The other one is constant weight, where we uh, fin down and up with, with monofin or bifin. And the other one is we don't, we, we go down uh, without pulling the rope and without fins. So it's constant weight, no fins we call. So the constant weight, uh, the balance is, is uh, constant. Uh, so we have two kilos, we have to go down with two kilos, come up with two kilos. So yeah, we, we pull either, or, but always we are attached uh, to the main rope, like uh, you know, like surfing line that there is attached to the to the board, same thing that to the main line. That main line goes to the surface and up uh up the board there is a counterweight system. So in okay, case okay. that we the drone or the, the sonar see us that we have any trouble, they, they release the counterweight and then we they bring us to the surface. Okay. Interesting. So we are we are attached to the main line all the time uh, for safety safety protocols. But we, we face the, the mental part, let's say, through the knowledge. Because if you have an accident at 120 meters, even if we have a counterweight, it's very difficult that, that you survive. But the chances to this happen are very, very low because at 120 meters, the pressure is so high that the, the oxygen uh, partial pressure on the blood is very high. So, in terms of hypoxia, it's very difficult to have uh, an accident. So, we relay. From our, let's say, uh, strength, mental strength, from the knowledge that we have about physiology.
0: Okay, so exp- explain that to me because I don't understand. So, are you saying that? Okay, so you're running out of oxygen in your blood, right? Because you haven't breathed in a while, but you're saying that the pressure of the depth yeah, in, means that you, in essence, kind of have more oxygen because no, of the pressure. You oh.
1: have more. You have more partial pressure at depth. So. The main the main accidents that could happen in freediving is that you pass out, you blackout due to hypoxia, because if nobody, if you have blackout, you, is your brain take your control of your body, so you cannot move, you you lost motor control, so uh, that means if somebody don't take your mouth out of the water, you will drown, okay, so if we are very deep, that's and we, even if we are attached to the main line, if we good blackout at 120 meters. Uh, chances to survive are very low because you, they have to bring you from 120 to the surface. That means maybe around two minutes without breathing, with a, a water coming to your lungs and all the stuff. But uh, right. we rely on the on the knowledge of physiology that we know that uh, at 120 meters there is 13 atmospheres. So there is 13 more. More, uh, times more pressure than in surface, so the oxygen partial pressure on oxygen on our, our blood instead to be at 0.21, what is 21% of oxygen uh, on the on the air, we are at 0.21 by 13, so we are 13 times more uh, oxygen. Let's say uh, uh, pressure on the blood, so your chances to blackout due to hypoxia are impossible almost, unless you are not technically uh prepare for this kind of depths no
0: right okay okay interesting and but as you go down you need to equalize your ears right is it, yeah. and it, how big a part of the challenge is that or is it something like when you learn it you kind of can do it again and again
1: no this is this is the the most challenging part of uh, deep free diving let's say when we teach beginners, to go 10, 20, 30 meters. Of course, they need to learn the proper techniques. But uh, once they learn, the, the main technique is there. But as deep as you go, you increase the chance because it's more difficult, because the pressure is higher. So the volume decreases of the lungs, of the uh, lung, of the middle ear, the stacked tubes, the sinuses, everything is decreased. So you need to uh, equalize these uh, these areas. And one of these areas are the middle ear. So when you are 120 meters, for example, you have 13 atmospheres. so your lung decreases 13 times. So when you try to bring air from your lungs to your oral cavity to push with the tongue to the middle ear to equalize, there is no air anymore at that depth. So mm-hmm. we do other kind of techniques, like we, we call mouthfeel, so we bring air from the lungs to the mouth, and then we keep this air on the mouth to equalize the ear. So but these things takes uh, years normally to, to learn properly, to, to, to masterize, let's say. no, But this are like any sport. You need to train yeah. uh, to adapt physiologically for adaptation. This is very similar to, let's say, climbing. Not climbing, like a, a high mountain. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Because we need adaptation. We need time, mm-hmm. not only technically to climb, but also physiologically to adapt to the pressure and to the depth.
0: Interesting. I think that what freediving and climbing have in common is that they kind of like, they trigger our kind of primal fears, you know, like the fear of heights and the fear of falling and the fear of edges is like very primal in us. Like we don't naturally want to be on cliff edges, you know? Um, And the same with breathing. Like, just holding my breath for like a minute Mm -hmm. like the urge to breathe is so powerful right Mm -hmm. is that kind of what makes what is it about that I suppose that's so interesting to you and how do you how do you manage that urge Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's
1: uh, it's true that there are I read uh, as I told you books about uh, uh, mental training for climbers and when Pedro friend of both gave me this uh, Warriors uh, book, uh, uh, Rock Warriors book, I, I have many, sim- I was reading it and, and they were talking to me to freediving instead right, of climbing, yeah. no? cool. so there's a lot of things that are very, very similar, No, especially because we have to, it's a sport where it's actively, we have to move, to keep on going so now we need mm. to keep on pushing down uh, yeah. and you have to keep on going up so mm-hmm. all the time you have to decide every step you do to keep yeah. on going no it's not like jumping from a plane that your body just go by gravity and then okay you are afraid yeah. but you cannot do anything else it's not that something actively True. so you have all the time with this uh, as you say primarily uh, fears this uh, uh, sense of uh, surviving mode that we have, like mm-hmm. printed in our genes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's true that this this uh, this happens, but with I guess like climbing, I'm I'm the other way because I'm afraid of heights, but I'm attracted to depth. So right. uh, this is the the other yeah. way probably, but um, I think with uh, through knowledge that's very important. To understand what happened to our body when we hold our breath, this is the the most powerful tool because we've, when we are ignorant, we, we we decrease our performance because we we don't know that we we don't know what we are doing and we don't want to be uh, in, uh, in risk. So people decrease their their performance. Then the, through technique, how to breathe, how to relax completely, we are able to be on the uh, the lowest heart rate possible before we start the the, the breath hole. and then uh, safety. So once you know you have the knowledge, you have the, the the technique, and you have the safety that is not compromised, then you are able to relax completely, and then you can enjoy this part where is we call um, uh, r- 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 pleasure. Uh, um, La, la part the part is the pleasure of the free die, of breath holding. So there is two phases: pleasure Bye. phase, where we, when since you hold your breath until you have urge to breathe, and then we have the struggle phase. From you have first to breathe, and you stop your your breath hole, and you go out. In the in the relaxing or the pleasure phase, we we will go through the relaxation before, and then we scan the body to try to uh, relax any muscles, even the teeny muscles that we have in our body, and then we use. Without the, the, the sense of the sight, we use all the flutability, temperatures, textures, sounds, everything what is around to go uh, to make our minds fly away. Uh, instead to be in a pool we are, uh, holding our breath, we just go away to like kind of divagation. I don't know the word in English, but like somebody's talking to you and it's not very interesting and then you just... Forget the, right. the, the the focus, the and then you go go away. Um, then Are you
0: still present in that moment or do you sort of you dissociate don't. from it?
1: You can go and back. As more experience you have, you are able to go away, uh, and then it wakes you up when you have earth to breathe. urge to breathe is not that we are hypoxic; is that we are hypercapnic. So when uh, what
0: does
1: that mean, sorry? Hi- Hyper- hypercapnic is when you are uh, high on CO2 levels. Ah, so body tries yeah. to to maintain CO2 and O2 levels, and when we hold our breath. We have low oxygen and high CO2, no, because we Mm -hmm. don't uh, exhale the CO2. The urge to breathe comes with the high CO2, not with the low levels of of oxygen. So in my case, I hold my breath for around nine minutes. Uh, When I'm at four minutes, I already have urge to breathe and I have... um, uh, diaphragmatic contractions—we call that—the brain sends a oh, yeah. message to the diaphragm and start to contracts. So, since from four to eight thirty, I I control my urge to breathe and I have urge to breathe, but I know uh, from the science and through the repetition and the training that my body is getting more and more efficient at that moment. So, as more hard is the breath hole, more efficient physiologically talking is your body. To keep your uh, heart rate lower, uh, to do a vasoconstriction constriction, to um, uh, your to your to induce the spleen contraction, so everything goes into the free diving mode to survive. Right. Wow. So at the end of the day, is uh, of course training and repetition. So physiologically, you get uh, tolerance, but mentally, you get tolerance to these urge to breathe. But then you need the knowledge what what happens. How to do it, the technique and the the safety that must be not compromised. So you are able to push a bit farther and then you you add up at all levels.
0: Right. Wow. And so it really feels to me like the mental side goes really hand in hand with the physical side. And that, sure. like, if you don't have the physical training, you really can't have the confidence mentally. Um, but what's interesting to me, I suppose, is that even though you can have that knowledge that you're safe, <laughs> we can maybe argue about how safe you are, but um, everything in your body wants you to go back up, right?
1: Yes, but um, it's very easy for you to understand because um, me as a beginner in climbing, the first fears I had is I didn't trust the, 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 the gear. Yeah, I, I thought, okay, if I fall, this rope, this thinny rope, I'm a, a 95 year, uh, kilo kilograms guy, it's not gonna get me. I'm gonna smash myself. So the first, of course, you need to 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 trust your your gear and your uh, your partner, your safety, and then once you repeat many times, you are able to to. Uh, to understand that nothing is gonna happen, that you are not uh, uh, unsafe, and this is part of the process also, because and, and this is the beauty of freediving also, I guess, climbing, no? Because we have fears, and this is the mental part of freediving. Because if it's go down and up a rope, it's kind of boring, but then the, even if the technical part, the equalization, the relaxation, the the biomechanics, the training, uh, all this stuff is nice, but. Sometimes you're trained and then you turn and then you you have to think why I did turn, what was the reason, and then over the years you understand which are the reasons that you are turn, turning at that moment, moment if it were really physical or physiological or were just mental. Right. You can have any excuse this day, you fight with your girlfriend, you didn't sleep properly, you eat too much, you eat too less, you're tired, you are hydrated. Many excuses that you give yourself to turn <laughs> And this is very interesting because what I faced in my career is that at the beginning, I learned that men, most of the times I was turning because I was um, uh, because I gave myself an excuse to don't do it at that, that day, you know. But over the years, I I was so used to to learn that was an excuse that I never turned. So I was going. Anything happened, whatever happens. If I was good, I was training. I was tired or whatever. I was uh, even going down. And over the years, to keep on safe, I had to reeducate myself to go on the other way. to To say, okay, no, now I need to turn. So I'm right. not sure if this happens also in climbing, but I guess that has more uh, knowledge and more um, uh, uh, more. Technically, better you are. Sometimes you have to decide that maybe it's not the right time. Sometimes to do it uh, because of the right reasons, not because just an excuse of the day, you know. But yeah, this is what happened. We learn how to why we turn, and once you never turn, then you have to learn you when you should turn.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I guess it's um, <laughs> you know your your mental strength and your your mental knowledge really has to match up perfectly with your physical strength and phys- and the technical knowledge that you have in your body because, and you see it in climbing, like so many people are, it's so, it's, it's, it's a mental weakness rather than a physical weakness, you know, like, um, physically they can keep climbing, but mentally it's become too uncomfortable for them. So psychological, the psychological discomfort is um is too high, yeah. um so they go back down and and, yeah. and climbing you say take and and the rope that you know that ho- starts to hold yeah. you, um, but then the other thing can be can happen and this is where accidents happen is that you have too much mental confidence. It happens more in young men <laughs> for yes. some reason. This reasons. kind of bravado, you know, and they think they can do anything, like they're invincible. And then it's like their mental confidence doesn't actually match their physical ability. Yeah. Um. It sounds like you you had a, a similar journey with that. Does anything stand out to you? Like any moments that you can describe to us where it it got dangerous? Like have you ever passed out, or is have you been close? Like how close to that edge have you got, and what did that feel like?
1: Yeah. Well, this is it's true what you say. No, I think uh, men are have much more ego uh, on that side. Uh, I'm not too egomaniac on this thing because I was always training because of the pleasure of training. I love to be in the sea, and you know, it was more, it was less about success, but more about train, about the pleasure. No, but of course, there is part of ego where you have to to push and all the stuff. Um, I went through many stages in my in my career. I always say when I read that book, I, I have to analyze my my let's say peaks of uh, of uh, performance. In 2012, I performed the first world record attempt, 222, and uh, 2016, 123 in Bali, the second world record attempt. And 2018 at 125 in Honduras uh, the, the third world War attempt, and it was completely different. Is one no? always I say that I never I never was so free than the first time because I didn't have any expectations, mm. I didn't have any scarf from my career like. Friends who died on the on the way, or accidents, or uh, situations that you see that oh maybe we were on the line, all, all the stuff. And then as you grow, of course you you these scarves, it, Also when I have child and all the stuff. So this makes you uh, some I don't know how you call scarves, like uh, on your soul, on your mind that makes you be less free. Let's say like yeah. before. That's why maybe young. Uh, man sometimes mm. a bit uh, too brave, no? Because uh, it doesn't match the bravery with the technical uh, abilities or skills. So that's why good climbers or good free divers uh, at least in my in in my opinion are uh, the, the guys be, or, uh, the guys and girls between 35 45 years old that they have 15 10 15 20 years experience where they match enough knowledge in terms of skill but also they saw what happened in, in yeah. their career so they know where they have to push and they were not and this gives you an extra knowledge no in my in my case i uh, the three cases I, I explain you the world record attempts. I only I black out in my career the three these three times in the world record attempts. I think it was by different reasons because any of the trainings in my career I never black out. So only when I did attempt these world records, uh, I, I I blacked out. And it due to probably uh, not only the the conditions outside because there's a lot of pressure, a lot of people. Sometimes the weather is not the best, the day that you choose, and all the stuff. But I'm sure it was a mental thing also because I right. was stressed the night before. I couldn't sleep properly. And in freediving, we cannot have a heart rate high. We cannot produce adrenaline. Right. We have to be completely rest for the maximum performance. No, so any small detail can lead into this uh, blackout. No. Uh, of course when I had these dives and I had a uh, not only blackout but also squeezed and my I was bleeding in my in my lungs then you know I had uh, a friend that they died due to uh, uh, a squeeze, And of course, you see yourself, not not only your sadness from the loss of your friend, but uh, egoistically, self-looking yourself, you say, OK, why am I putting myself in these situations mm-hmm. once and once again? So, yeah, of course, I felt the, the, the fear and I felt the, the risk. Otherwise, I wouldn't be human. But then again, when we train and we repeat and we adapt, Uh, at all levels we know that we are kind of safe unless we break some rules that we should do when you are injured or when you are not ready at all levels and all the stuff I guess like like climbers or like mountaineers, they see like okay, it's not good weather, but you've been three years trying to go to the Everest, and then you are only 100 meters. Then, if you are uh, have you have all the chances, you say okay, let's turn back. Uh, so it's kind of the same in freediving, no? When you have the the, ch- but everything drives you to keep on going, no? And it's mm-hmm. hard uh, your ego, your people around, and all the stuff. No?
0: Yeah. So. The similarities there between climbing are really strong because, you know, even even in non-competitive climbing, there's still a lot of external pressures Mm. and kind of like uh, the social reward, you know, like with status, social validation, praise, all of these things are such human desires. We really want those things. And so you have to, you know, try to make the right decisions based on you know, how you feel um, and what your skill level is. So I imagine like when you're diving, you know, you have this urge that pulls you back, um, which is that fight or flight response, you know, because you can't breathe. (laughs) You really want to breathe. Um, But then also you have that urge to go down because you want to be the record and Mm -hmm. you want the success. And there's probably a monetary reward, right? If you, you not win really. some money, no? Okay, not
1: really. okay. Um, it's not too much, of course. There is, a, in records, uh, not like maybe I don't know climbing, but uh, or maybe sports like surfing that is uh, also small, let's say. But they have more wars than we have. Uh, uh, we don't really make money, but we have um, you know, sports or sponsors that if you win, then you have a, a contract with them or whatever. But in the competition itself, the 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 okay. organizers they don't give any normally. There is some right. some times, okay. but not normally. But it's, it's more about um, it's true. But we are we're very used to uh, hold our breath. So we I guess like you are very used to have pain in your arms. No, same for for us. That's why we train also other sports people and we and in mental training you use uh, some tools like breath holding or cold or whatever that you use as a, as a tool to discomfort people let's say you know so you are able to control yourself through the knowledge through the technique and through the safety you know so same for us we repeat once and again uh, at depth and once we have even we have first to breathe we are able to dis- disassociate. One feeling, nothing's to do with the with the safety. So even here, me, for example, around 70, 80 meters on the way down when I free fall, so I don't move and my body just free fall by due to the negative buoyancy. I even have urge to breathe, I have contractions. But the contraction is in my diaphragm and the rest of the body, is my heart rate is going down more, I have a vasoconstriction constriction, my split starts to contract to, to produce more hematocrit. So... I know that everything is right uh, to, mm. to uh, reduce the, co- the oxygen consumption and I'm able to dissociate this part to this part. So I'm equalizing here, I have glottis closed, I keep on equalizing, but my, my body is completely relaxed even if I, ha- if I have earth-free breathing contractions. So we uh, kind of separate one thing, the, the, the feeling, nothing to do, to, be, to do with the safety so uh, actually when when it's harder physiologically talking you are more safe because you are more uh, efficient
0: right yeah you know you know what i mean yeah so say you're starting to feel because i guess you know there's a reason why you don't go to 140 meters right then
1: 140
0: You know of, of you know you you're you're pushing the limits right to beat these records how do you know that you're that extra two meters or whatever you're doing because you can or because you know you're pushing too hard because you want to beat the record
1: no no we, we know we know we can but of course as deeper as we go it's um, much more difficult because deeper you go, you need more breath hole. So if you go 160 meters, you need to be able to equalize. So technically, it's very, very, very difficult. We are around 120, 130. We are kind of like not limiting, but every time is less, less air. So you have to be very. Fine tuning to that's why only few people can equalize at that depth, and the rest of the people, even if they are super strong physically, they cannot equalize below 100 or 90 or 70. So it depends their level, no. So this is years of experience, no? and freerunning is a very uh, young sport, let's say, no. In this these things, the, the knowledge came the last ten years in terms of how to equalize at that depth and all the stuff. Then we need adaptation. That I think we are good adapt, uh, physiologically, our our species to go deep. So I think this is not a big problem. And to go 130, 140 meters, you need. Uh, now we're going between four and five minutes dive time between between going down and up. So 140, 150 meters would be maybe more between five and seven minutes, and in movement. While well, we move, yeah. so the oxygen consumption, consumption after six, seven minutes of moving, it's a, it's a lot, no. So um, and also we know that the, we have some problems of oxygen. Uh, no, sorry, of nitrogen um, saturation at death. We have a little bit of narcosis. Uh, we have, uh, we could have a little bit of decompression compression sickness, so the nitrogen gets dissolved in our blood. So when we come up, it, this this bubble gets bigger, and you can get stroke or whatever. No, yeah. it's not that normal. We are could happen no so as deeper we, we go more chances we have no so at the end of the day it's not just one uh, by one or two meters because we we increase now the, the world record is 127 in this discipline that I did 122 uh, in constant way like finning is 131 so we could go in the next five, ten years probably on the range 130 140s yes I'm sure but uh, we go and especially as it's a very amateur sport, most of the divers are not like super professional. They are professionals, but they, they have less uh, uh, sponsors to be mm. all the year-round training. And also, you cannot climb Everest four times a month. You have mm. one time a, a year or two times or three times. And with freediving, it happens the same. You cannot train, uh, compete at the highest level the, every weekend, even if you were... Uh, very good sponsor because physiologically you need time to rest also to yeah. readapt and all the stuff so so that's why it takes time because uh, you uh, you can see my my gaps 2012 2016 2013 it takes me right. three four years to get right. into the level not only physiologically but also like uh, logistically with money with sponsors with uh, the time of your personal life and all the stuff
0: Right. Yeah. So it's, there is pressure then at these events, you know, the uh, external pressure, like does that not bother you at all? You know, you get this one opportunity to try and beat a record because obviously you're managing your mind with the challenge of diving and holding your breath and equalizing, but then you also have this, the mental challenge that any competitor has. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you yeah how do you make sure that you're not pushing too hard and that you, you can because of yeah. these external pressures of succeeding you know yeah. how does that motivation to succeed not push you to do something dangerous
1: Yeah Yeah well I think it's I'm going to give you an example uh, in 2016 when I tried the, record, the world record attempt in Bali 123 Always, I was training very naturally. So, as I told you, the beginning was more. I never was so free as as at uh, the beginning. And later, with the, all the scars, you start to 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 have to deal also with uh, psychologists to help you, sports psychologists to help you to understand what happened. No, and I remember I read uh, that book on uh, rock warriors uh, about uh, the power leagues and all the. You know, all the power that we lose from our self-pressure, uh, no? In freediving, is not really external, too big external pressure because of, well, there is media, but uh, small news at the end of the thing, of the TV. But don't news. you
0: want to be- beat the record? You don't feel the pressure to, yeah, to beat I the feel, record?
1: I, I feel the pressure because I put the pressure myself. Yeah. But because most of the people around are family and friends or followers and they just want the best for you
0: yeah, and okay. they
1: just try to help you but you put your pressure on yourself I remember I, uh, when I did the records I took from my phone out all the social media because mm-hmm. I didn't want even to listen the people was trying to tell me go for it Miguel because that gave me pressure because I didn't want to fail for them Yeah, okay. so even the good, the good was not good for me uh, yeah right but this yeah. is more about me people uh, and the pressure was the people wasn't pressuring me or sponsors or whatever no it's more yeah, about yeah. about not to fail the others not to fail yourself no so and this deals with the ego and the frustrations and all the stuff no but uh, also in 2016 i have to deal with the the my wife was pregnant and uh and uh, I was training in Bali. She was in Barcelona, so I knew that every day I was training deeper and deeper and deeper for a long periods. I was uh, every time more and more tired mentally to deal with this situation. So I was talking with my sports psychologist to help me because I felt that I have some power leaks that I decrease my mm-hmm. performance. No, because at the end of the day, I was when I was alone at at home, in my bed, before going to sleep, I was thinking in your self-talk, let's say, uh, I was asking myself why I was doing that, uh, and if it was uh, transcendental enough to lose your life for, for these kind mm-hmm. of things, no? And my, in my mind, it gets uh, stuck uh, a thought that uh, I didn't care about the record, but I, I, I care more about surviving. That was not very good approach. When you want to do something, that you want to do it is not yeah. the, the, the easier way to be safe. Is don't do it. So you just go, take the flag, go yeah. home, and it's easy, and it's not gonna happen. Nothing, but once I choose the responsibility to do it because I, I love to do this mm-hmm. and I want to decide and I want to put like my print that I'm able, I'm capable to do this, then this power leaks was affecting me, no? Because my wife wanted to meet my child. If I die, I will never meet my child and all these things come to your mind, no? But this is part of, I, in, I understand this is part of the, our brain tra- tries to sabotage uh, ourselves to keep us uh, alive, and this is part of our survival survival mode. You know, that, uh, mm-hmm. that happened. I saw this this video of Alex Horner in the in the. In El Capitan, I was in El Capitan because I love climbing, more like cheering for my friends than climbing. But (laughs) I was in the Capitan, I was looking down and saying, No, this is something impossible, no? Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess even if you have less fear, as I saw in the video, he was like, Okay, no, this is too much pressure. People looking at me, people filming me. But technically, he was ready, no? Yeah, yeah. But of course, Nobody wants to die unless you are mm. so, so you are a kamikaze, no. So yeah, it's part of the of the game to deal with this, and to to through the repetition and the knowledge you are able to to do it.
0: Okay. So, what are some of the main like mental training techniques that you use, and how how have you implemented them in your career? Because I guess at first it's mostly about the physical training, right? Like when did you realize that the mind is also something that you can train for this sport and how do you train it?
1: Yeah, Actually, uh, until passing years, I never did any mental training because I believe that uh, freediving was more a very where uh, you need to train specifically. So every time somebody says, oh, let's go to the gym to train strength, I say, no, I'm not going to lose time in the gym. I'm going to go to the sea. So I need to mm-hmm. train specifically because once I train specifically, I train technically, uh, mm-hmm. uh, physiologically to adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, tolerance physically also and uh, mentally. No, so every mm-hmm. dive I do, I I adapt yeah. more and more and more. So once you reach certain level, of course, uh, you need to to put from outside like strength, like uh, flexibility, pull training. Hypocapnic uh, training—that uh, do exercises without breathing to put the muscle yeah. into a hypoxic state—all the stuff, but also mentally, because mm-hmm. as I told you, with the years and deeper you go, the, the chances of having an accident are, are higher. No, even if it's the sport is very is very safe. No, so uh, most of the training I did was mainly visualization. Uh, what I do okay. is try to focus. I try to use the autogenic training more like uh, try to be on the moment. I try to feel what is around me. So instead to think about the future, I try to float on the on the on the sea to feel the buoyancy, to feel the temperature. Uh, so instead to 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 let some negative thoughts, uh, I just um, use what is around me: the sounds, the the. the the salinity, the density, all the stuff, to to uh, to try to relax and then to visualize what I'm going to do every moment I want to do before the, the dive. No, That makes me calm down. Also, I believe in the years before I was breathing like head up, then I was uh, breathing head down. And then the last year I was facing down. So I put my snorkel and I was breathing, but mainly it was because my ears were underwater. So that way I could hear not uh, sounds, but very blurry. So instead to be mm-hmm. one minute, I can hear mm-hmm. So this uh, kind of blurry sound, it makes me more mm-hmm. like a dreamy state with this concentrated, deconcentrated state. So I'm able to be with my hair right down because one of the risks in freediving yeah, uh, compared with the spores that we cannot go down with a high rate uh, uh, heart, uh, heart rate, and also we cannot produce adrenaline. If you are afraid, you physiologically, you increase your heart rate and you produce adrenaline. And we cannot do this because otherwise we are more unsafe. So you have to kind of keep on this relaxation state uh, while we breathe and before we go down.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because in climbing, you know, this fight, And flight response, it produces adrenaline, your heart rate goes up. But in climbing, that's actually kind of useful to a point because you don't want to start climbing like feeling like you're about to go to sleep, right? You know, you want some stress to grip harder. But usually people are still too stressed. They start to shake, there's too much tension in the arms. To climb something that's very hard for you, you cannot grip any tighter than the minimum you know yes. or otherwise you're just wasting energy
1: yes totally. but
0: with freediving it's like you want everything to be as yeah. down regulated as possible right we are, it's like...
1: we are jellyfish we're jellyfish <laughs> before going down we try to be as soft as we can and move that's the good thing about freediving and it can improve all the sports because we are we are we learn to just move where the muscle that we need not modern masters, this is already education of yourself. I remember reading that book of uh, Arno Ilner that um, he said that uh, sometimes he tried to grab some, I don't know how you call it, some some holes or whatever, and people were so stressed that that move, they could not reach that part because they were so stiff, because they knew if they, if they fall, they die let's say, or they, they, it could be danger. But if they were properly attached and they say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna fall, even if I fall, it's not happening, nothing, then they are relaxed and yeah. they can reach that hole, no? Totally, so yeah. the balance, the balance is, uh, it's the same. No, at the end of the day, you you, you know yourself that you have to ho- put some pressure, but the minimum enough to don't waste uh, uh, energy. But you have also to be powerful. We know that yeah. we, we don't. Once we before we go, we have to be completely relaxed and don't make our heart rate uh, high.
0: It's really what funny. Is, what is
1: hard because your your brain uh, is prepared to telling you don't do it. Yeah. But through repetition, you are yeah. able to, to rationalize uh, uh, emotional situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because also when, you know, because I, I help people with distress in climbing and one of the things that I teach them to manage stress levels is to take deep breaths. <laughs> you know, in lots of sports, it's breath work that actually helps you relax. Yes. helps you manage your experience you know you know why because when
1: students. you when you hold your breath a little bit even a little bit what happens is that your uh, your brain makes your uh, a bradycardia to reduce mm-hmm. a little bit the heart rate so it gives you cal- calm down but also in terms of efficiency when you hold it makes pressure in your in your lung and then the the gradient increase and the diffusion of oxygen from lungs to the to the blood is higher so your saturation increase. so in terms of exposed recovery the best is what we do. We do this we learn that to recover fast so once, once we go out from the surface uh, from, from the dive we don't do we do
0: Wow okay we
1: call this hook breathing it's the same that the pilots right. they, they do so we, we increase pressure to increase the gradient and to make a better diffusion. So this right. is leading to the relaxation mode, but also to the to the recovery faster.
0: Yeah, interesting. In climbing, we do more uh, a long exhale, like Yeah. Yeah, this kind of thing.
1: OK, um, you, you can try also holes, let's see. OK, yeah, I'll try it, this. It, it, it depends, eh? it depends where. But maybe when, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that when you are doing an therefore, <laughs> You you hold it uh, because it's rare. Not that you exhale when you hold. I don't know. Eh? But uh, yeah, maybe- I
0: mean, it it depends. Like for for bouldering, like when you're doing hard movements, you kind of need to hold your breath when you're climbing because mm. you need the tension. But often in climbing, when someone is stressed, there's too much tension. Yeah, and they need there needs to be a, a outward breath to. Release
1: this tension. Yeah, actually, like in tennis or like climbing, I always uh, I was uh, curious that when they push the ball or when they climb, first they hold and then they scream. Yeah,
0: no? so to release, they, they this, release tension. this tension. Yeah. No? And the screaming really helps for some reason. Yes. It's strange.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is the Excel because they don't have time to do long Excel because they have yeah. another movement after, no? Yeah. But yeah, breathing is uh, regulated, it's kind of uh, something natural. But as I told you, we, we train other sports, uh, high sport people, and we use uh, breathing not only to relax, to use what is around them, the, the sounds, the, the wind, the, 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 the temperature of the sun, whatever, to take a bit of stress, but also in, in the moment of the, of the exercise itself to recover also, but to perform better also. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the most uh, important parts of high-level uh, uh, sports, uh, high level sports. People and it's not very common that they do it. I I train even with uh, soccer people like sports where it's a lot of money, and they never train breathing, recovery breathing, hypoventilatory training where you put your your muscles into a CO2 lactic and hypoxic mm. states so get used to better for better recovery all the stuff. No? But we we're trying yeah. to push on that direction.
0: Yeah, no, I think there could be some really interesting crossover
1: there
0: mm. do you talk much about flow state in free diving circles do you know what I mean when I say that
1: I understand wh- what you mean uh, yeah. we don't yeah we, we talk but there is not too much science behind we just like flow state I think this kind of in my opinion and without too much knowledge and you can explain me but uh, it, you can arrive to this kind of state when you have all uh, you have thousands of hours of repetition that you are able just to let your your uh, body go by itself, and then it's kind of uh, automatized. That everything is so much repeat, repeat that you are able to uh, to be on the moment. and in free diving, it's very uh, very normal that we are even without the knowledge, but we 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 cannot. Uh, be distracted, but because when we go down we need to equalize and we have to relax if we are not relaxed mm. on the diaphragm we have we have squeezes on the lungs and if we are not equalizing we break our eardrum so every second we have to be focused no yeah yeah so just explain me maybe maybe better for me to understand which
0: yeah no you explained it right. well i don't i don't think you need the uh hours of experience actually um, because you can have these moments of flow in everyday life. Um, yes. I don't think it's not it's not just an extreme sports. Like mm-hmm. if someone throws some keys to you from the other side of the room and you just
1: poof, catch yes, it, like irrelevant. super
0: quick reactions. This is yeah. like a moment of flow. All right. But um yeah, I think you can have sort of deeper and less deep states of flow. Mm-hmm. But it's really just like, you know, I think I think you're probably in this state a lot when you free dive. Um mm-hmm.
1: Well, okay. I try to make the difference between what is competitive freediving and recreational freediving. No, it's true that you you don't need thousands of hours to do recreational uh, freediving when you uh, when I mean when you are arrive to this uh, flow state. But I think uh, when you are masterized things, you forgot uh, how did you flow let's say even if it was uh, uh, it was uh, shallower and then you have to reeducate yourself to kind of uh, flow again no i don't know uh, mm-hmm. this is what i feel that i have to to remind myself sometimes no
0: i think flow happens when you perfectly match the challenge mm-hmm. so if you are not as experienced you have to have a lower challenge
1: mm-hmm. to experience exactly. this flow totally.
0: Totally. and for someone like you you you're probably experiencing it when it's um, obviously much more extreme. Mm. But I really like what you're saying about, you know, like you you really connect to the sensations around you, like the water and the light. And yeah. we also do this in climbing, you know, like connecting to the feel of the rock under our, our fingers and this kind of thing. How do you manage like negative thoughts, you know, because I feel like just one negative thought that pops up in your mind would be enough to increase your heart rate a little bit, right? Because I noticed that if I've ever tried to hold my breath, like if I'm trying to beat the last time and then I think, oh, I'm not going to beat it, you know, and this is when there's like no consequences, right? I'm literally just sat on the sofa or something. But I notice that if that thought comes up, there's a slight increase in stress and it raises the heart rate a tiny bit. Mm. If you just manage to practice well enough that you don't get any of those negative thoughts, or you, how, yeah, how do you manage it?
1: Yeah, in deep free diving is very is more rare because when we go down, as I told you, there is a lot of technical stuff involved. So you need to equalize your ears, and you have to be relaxed to don't uh, stress too much your lungs. So there is so much uh, focus on that that you right. lose, you forget about, you cannot. it's it's difficult to have less negative thoughts. What negative thoughts come on the way up? Because it's Mm. just uh, filling up, so you have time, Mm. because it's mechanical movement, so you have time to think, oh, I'm not going to rock the surface, I'm not going to see my mother anymore, or all these thoughts that you have to kind of break once they come. Uh, it's true that in the pool for example maybe you told me that you were holding like static on the on the coach or on the pool or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it's true that um, maybe these thoughts negative thoughts come in the in the face wh- where we call as i told you the pleasure phase but the pleasure phase you you could fly away or you could could come back but uh, you're still on the uh, on the pleasure phase where you are not hi- uh, a you're still mm-hmm. uh, not hypercamining, not got hypoxic. So you it's more like the negative negative thoughts come and then you dab. Mm-hmm. Once you dab, then it puts this thought in your mind. And then it's more easy like in free diving to turn or like to go out from this from in the pool, like take your, yeah. your, your mouth out of, of the water. No. But as I told you, if you dissociate this this thought uh, between what is Real and what is physiologically real, then you are able to separate. And then this thought comes and goes, and then another thought comes, like, okay, yeah. you, you, you listen a sound, a child that uh, jams, and then the, the, you remember the child when you were uh, small, and then you fly away again. And then you come back again, and no, no, I was uh, panicking, but no, no, I, I, let's see, I don't have any ears to breathe, I don't have a, a diaphragmatic contraction, so okay. And then you fly again. again and mm-hmm. then this is the um, This is the good thing about freediving that you need to. Freediving is very rewarding because once we teach people in two three days, they are able to uh, to increase their performance a lot. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, for example, surfing. You go the first day and you don't get into the surfboard, and you go all the time. (laughs) Yes, it's it's hard, but in freediving, we we just hold our breath, and you just need the knowledge. The technique and it's very simple to understand how to breathe and how to relax and the safety once you have all this then your body we are mammals we are um we are made to hold our breath uh, so so once we we do this through the repetition in two three days the people hold their breath for four or five minutes they go 20 30 meters so it's rewarding on on that even that they are in, on the line between the the emotional and rational part and this is the this is the game no
0: Mm. do you do any of this like wim hof breathing before you go down do you no. just normal breathing
1: yeah yeah no we hope at the end of the day is a hyperventilation so when you hyperventilate what you do is you you, you reduce your co2 levels in your body so you are hypocapnic instead of, yeah, uh, of co2 levels you are hypocapnic so what you do with hypocapnia first you your your blood is more alkaline then your your heart rate increased due to the <laughs> this yeah, kind of yeah. breathing and also it produces a, a brain vasoconstriction. constriction that's why you feel dizzy uh, yeah. so we if we cannot do this because if we are hypocapnic and then the urge to breathe i remind, remind you that it comes with a high CO2 levels so if i decrease yeah. my CO2 levels i don't have urge to breathe but i have hypoxia so I can blackout oh, yeah. without any signs of uh, uh of urge to breathe. So what well, is very, very dangerous, no? We use uh have uh, method uh separate to use as a tool for the cold, but not for right. breath holding.
0: Okay, interesting. So what does your like ritual look like before you go down? How do you manage your your mindset and your body um before before you go?
1: Well, I normally do the same routine. Uh, we dive without uh, on on fast, so we don't. I don't eat before, right. um, so I do stretching in the morning. Not like in the night is more more strong. In the morning is more soft, but to be yeah. flexible, especially diaphragm and intercostal muscles. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I I uh, the wetsuit, all the stuff. I prepare my weights, all the equipment, nose clip, all the stuff. The lanyard. And everything, and then I stay um, uh, 20 minutes before the dive on the platform. Uh, I it, it went change over the years because before I remember in 2012 we didn't do warm up, so no warm up at all because we knew that uh, science saying that uh, the the best to to wake up the what we call the um, uh, mammalian dive reflex all these adaptations the best are when you don't uh, uh, warm up in trained people not in not trained people no okay. so i went on that on that way then i changed it to uh, a bit of warm-up two, three warm-ups to 20-30 meters to decrease my heart rate to see that right. my position was good and the last years i was doing a hard warm-up so 20 minutes before my deep dive i was passive excel from surface went to 70 meters to put a mm. lot of pressure on my lung and to stimulate my my spleen to, to to release some hematocrites to my bloodstream. so 20 minutes later I was on this window where I have my 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 increase on hematocrites on my on my Wasn't, blood,
0: no? What are you saying
1: there? Imat- uh, 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 red blood cells, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, so we, we, we have a spleen, what is an organ of red blood cells. So yeah. when we are hypoxic or the the spleen contracts, and then we have a... Uh, more red blood cells to our uh, bloodstream, so yeah. it's like a kind of epo, natural epo, let's say. You right. know, yeah. so we do the I was doing this before uh, 20 minutes window before the the water core attempt. So first, so I choose the, between one or the other warm up, and then I three minutes before the dive, I go into the water. I put my snorkel, I put my ears in the water, and I just breathe like I was going to sleep. I don't oh, yeah. increase my hair rate, I just float, I use my my buoyancy, I feel around the, the The sounds around me, the 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 temperature of the water, so everything. But the heat on my heat on my back from the sun. I try to see what is around me and feel that the uh, this breathing is uh, under control to don't increase my heart rate and to to don't hyperventilate. And then, uh, yeah, when they say 20 seconds to the top time, I take my last breath, diaphragmatic, chest, and clavicular. I pack. So when I'm full. (laughs) We do this.
0: They get top it up.
1: To put more air with pressure on the lungs. So instead of ten liters, I go with twelve liters on on pressure. But for this, we need flexibility. Just in case yeah. some viewers they try at home, it's better to have flexibility. Okay. And then once I fill it up, I start my. I visualize the, the every movement of every part of the dive, and then I go. Yeah. And and. The the fears or the dabs, uh, all this stuff comes before the dive. Even if you are trying to relax and all the stuff, but once I start, all mm-hmm. disappears. I guess like climbing or any sport yeah, that you uh, are afraid before, and once you are just on the on the yes. flow state, then just it's automatically uh, ready for you.
0: Yeah, the worst part is definitely uh, beforehand before. for me. I get super stressed. And uh, I I try my best to manage it, but I'm super stressed. And I sit on the wall and it's like, it's such a relief almost, you know, to (laughs) to be there. Okay. I know you you have to go, but I have one last question. And that's just, you know, what has everything you've, everything you've learned from freediving about your psychology and about emotional regulation, how has that helped you in other areas of your life or has it at all? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a very difficult question because I sometimes see I have two child and I see sometimes like screaming oh, what do you do this and then uh, all my control in the water it goes away uh, in the in land no or when I'm uh, uh, running out of time and the traffic light doesn't go green uh, the fact is <laughs> I get uh, angry no but at least I think you don't have to masterize all parts of your life it's very difficult we are masters on our profession, like other ones, are masterize their own profession, and we have all always uh, these parts in other par- parts of our life that we cannot control. But it's true that this knowledge give us awareness. At least, mm-hmm. I know that I'm doing wrong. Oh, I'm yeah. doing right. or oh, I should uh, get him better. So it give me the knowledge to say, okay, Miguel, this is not the way you should react. Uh, if you never have the 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 knowledge and you never deal with that, uh, so probably you even don't know that you are doing wrong that you, you're getting stressed and this is not good for your health and it's not good for the others around you. So I think that the least is that we, uh, uh, myself, I know if I'm doing wrong. Uh, and also, of course, if I would train to, okay, this doesn't bother me, it's like we call uh, equanimity. I don't know yeah. if you call it in English. Uh, yeah, same. we do,
0: yeah.
1: But equanimity is the best but not it always is the same. It's not easy to no if you are under yeah. ice and you are with a wetsuit, it's cold. The best is to be equanimity to relax. If you are 100 meters and it's cold and you have us to breathe, you have to be equanim- equanimous. Yeah. To, okay, don't bother you. If your child is screaming, you should be, you no know, like, okay, yeah. no, no problem. It's not, uh, it's not dying, no, it's just uh, yeah. hungry, I will eat the food soon. Yeah. So, but this doesn't mean that you don't get a bit stressed stress, no? Uh, but with the training, again, uh, mm-hmm. then you are able to dissociate this this emotion with the reality of what is happening, no? So I think awareness yeah. is the, 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 most, uh, the most important thing to be equanimous and to have a Better quality life, let's say, because people is all over stress all the time. I can yeah. see people all the time stress, and it's normal with the work, with the family, with the sport. With, they give a lot of pressure all the time, and uh, yeah, the central nervous system needs to rest also, yeah. same as the body and the muscles, same as the uh, central nervous system. That what happened to me many times, and that why that's why my sports uh, psychologist made me aware about why okay. I was decreasing my performance.
0: Mhm. Interesting. Yeah, cool. Well, um this has been a great conversation. Thanks a lot. And yeah. you have a you've just written a book, right? But it's only in Spanish for now.
1: For, yeah, for now, for now it's in Spanish. It's like a like a not chronicle way uh, um book about my experience with all the what we have talked about uh about today. Uh, And I I discovered a lot uh, writing this because, you know, at the end you you do things like uh, naturally and then you read things you say, ah, that's described I didn't know that uh, that was a psychologist, uh, sports psychology, they use this technique or they do that and and was more like self-discover and also with with the, the... uh, with, with the knowledge and the, 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 the practical exercises, you are able to have more awareness. So I put this into um, into a book. Yeah.
0: Oh, great. Well, um, any Spanish speakers, I'm sure you would, would like to read and then maybe one day in English, I don't know. We
1: will, we will try to make it. Uh, I'm not sure if it will be interesting or not, but uh, we will try to put it in, in English someday. At least, yeah. just to friends that they they yeah. want to have another vision. Because as I told you, I there is no books about. It's not only about freediving. It's about everything about success. About how is the the society. How how we do with these uh, sports where we are. Uh, a matter, let's say, kind of sport, because we don't get millions of euros, and you have yes. big, big sponsors. So it's difficult to make a living, and you have to mm-hmm. have a lot of passion. And if there is no passion, then there is always fights, and there is uh, accidents, and all the stuff. So it's about putting more like a, a, a society uh, uh, criticism about right. what we are and all the stuff. But, yeah, as I told you, the, what I read always was more like sports uh, psychology and climbing and mountaineering. Yeah. And uh, I think it helped me a lot because I was mm-hmm. reading, uh, same as what I was uh, living. Uh, so I guess it helps to other sport people, even if they are not free divers.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I mean, I'm really interested in it, and uh, I've never done it. So um, I think there's a lot, a lot of crossover and a lot to to learn. Because sure. at the end of the day, we have the same minds, don't we? Sure. We're doing different things with it, but sure. the same is the human brain. So
1: for sure, that's why we are here. And I give you a, a bet that uh, I'm I want to teach you one day free diving. Yeah, uh, but uh, you have to help me with my big vertigo that I cannot handle. I even see a movie and I sweat in my, my hands because somebody is like on the edge of the, of the cliff <laughs> or something. So I'm a very tough guy in in this. And it's curious. People ask me, but how you are so afraid of heights when you are attacked to death? And yeah, I don't know. I'm used to this, but I'm never used to be on heights. So I have to expose myself, but it's, it's hard. It's uh, out of my my uh comfort, comfort zone.
0: zone yeah For well sure. i i honestly do not really like depths either so it <laughs> could be a good um, exchange of skills For i don't sure. thi- i don't have a phobia or anything i don't think but i don't even the idea when you know when you're in the ocean and there's just hundreds of meters yes. below you this yes. feeling is not something i really like
1: yeah yeah me not yeah. me i'm attracted but i cannot being a cliff with a uh, close to it, I cannot do it so but it's good to expose yourself and I think uh, free diving uh, if they teach you properly and as I told you they give you the knowledge the relaxation the therapeutical part on the pool to relax to do watsu and you dis- you say the, the, the all what is inside us that uh, when we' are the whole is suffering and pain and and antinatural is the other way is completely relaxed is uh uh it's introspective and it's may is our uh part of our uh genes uh yeah. dna from our species so i'm sure you will love it and it will help you to transfer into the climbing
0: yeah no i'd love that yeah let's try and do it
1: <laughs> we will do it
0: yeah <laughs> cool all right well thanks right. so much
1: it's a pleasure
0: All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you'd like to learn more about what StrongMind is up to, you can check out our website, strongmindclimbing.com. On that, you can access our online course, the StrongMind course, and we have a free taster course. And you can also check out our one-to-one coaching options. Also keep an eye out for a new membership program, which we'll be launching soon. On that, we'll be hosting conversations like this one, live workshops, Q&As and other mental training, support, resources and coaching. Thanks for your time and attention and have a great day.